Welcome to On Fire. This is the On Fire podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Allen. Uh, in the previous podcast, I, I talked about some of the higher blessings that are available to individuals who have made covenants with God, such as um, making one's calling and election sure. Um, this could be considered uh, part two, I guess, to uh, to that episode or a continuation of that episode. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's called The More Sure Word of Prophecy. It might be beneficial to listen to that one and and then come back and listen to this one. Um, the, the purpose of my talking about these topics is to make listeners um, who may not be aware of them acquainted with the, the possibilities that uh, the Lord has made available to his faithful saints in this life. And these topics might be kind of a lot for uh, for youth to take in, um, but I want everyone to understand that the Lord wants us to uh, to continually progress and to reach higher and higher. Uh, so you youth, if you have to listen to, uh, to these a couple of times, uh, that's okay. But I, I want you to, to gain an understanding because uh, I think it will, will bless you through your life. Um, I love the account in 3rd Nephi in the Book of Mormon uh, of the Savior's visit to Lehi's seed. Um, I consider that sacred and precious and um, and I can just, I can imagine being there and and looking at Jesus' face and, and feeling the nail prints in his hands and feet and the spear wound in his side um, and, and hearing him pray to the Father uh, for me and, and seeing heavenly fire uh, surround the children as angels minister to them. Uh, it's really a, a gorgeous and glorious uh, scene um, to imagine. Uh, and I think reading accounts like that, um, you know, make me even more anxious for uh, events we've talked about previously, Adam on Diamond and, uh, and for Christ's appearance in New Jerusalem in hopes that maybe um, I could be there and participate in, in those that would be something like what we read about in the Book of Mormon and Third Nephi. Um, but regardless of whether or not you or I participate in those events, we can have our own personal sacred experiences with Christ. And I believe he wants us to have them and, and will facilitate them uh, when we're prepared. Um, for most of us, however, we're not ready for them in this life. And, and we might desire them, we might think we're qualified or prepared, but only God knows if and when we are. So uh, the, these things are, sub, are, are subject to his timing and his plans for us. Uh, he does want us to seek for them, though. Uh, but we do, don't need to think that they are, um, are essential for our salvation or our exaltation. Um, but, we sh but we should seek. Um, we, can, we can have that desire in our hearts and, and echo the words of, of the psalmist who wrote this as Psalm uh, 27. 7 and 8. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, seek, my, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, I will seek. So what does the Lord mean when he says, seek my face? Does he mean that literally? And my answer to that is, is a definite yes. Um, the scriptures speak of, of two comforters, uh, specifically in John 14, uh, it talks about two comforters. The first is the Holy Ghost, and, and the second comforter is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Um, this is John 14, starting in verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. This is Jesus speaking. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye also, ye shall live also. And at that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he is the he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be my shall be loved by my sorry, <laughs> he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Jesus saith unto him, not Iscariot, sorry, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. All right, that's the end of that scripture. When when someone obtains the second comforter, um, when someone obtains the second comforter, Jesus Christ will appear to him from time to time and reveal the Father and will teach him face to face. Uh, Doctrine and Covenants 130 verse 3 clarifies the verse we just read in John 14, 23 and says, this is, this is that, that verse in DNC 130 verse 3. The appearing of the Father and the Son in that verse is a personal appearance and the idea that the Father and the Son dwell in a man's heart is an old sectarian notion and is false. Okay, so that's what the canonized scripture uh, in the Doctrine and Covenants um, uh, says about that. So um, this is from the, the New Testament teacher's manual on the church website. It says, Jesus Christ is a comforter. He will one day reveal himself to those who love and serve him. Also, and this is the instructions to the teacher, also make sure students understand that this personal appearance of the Savior to an individual uh, is not something that must occur during mortality. Uh, so that's that's the instruction, and in that, which I'll echo. It, it's not something that must occur, um, but it's something that can, if if that's the Lord's will and, and His timing for you. And so it's something uh, to be sought. And it goes on and says the Holy Ghost is sometimes referred to as the first Comforter, and the Savior is sometimes referred to as the second Comforter. And that's the, the end of that um, that quote. Um, Joseph Smith taught the following, and building on the last podcast about calling an election made sure, uh, he said this, quote, After a person hath faith in, Jesus, faith in Christ, repents of his sins, and is baptized for the remission of his sins, and receives the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands, which is the first comforter, then let him continue to humble himself before God, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, and living by every word of God, and the Lord will soon say unto him, Son, thou shalt be exalted, right? So we talked about that in the last podcast. That is uh, the more sure word of prophecy and having one's calling an election made sure. Uh, continuing with Joseph's uh, quote here, when the Lord has thoroughly proved him and finds that the man is determined to serve him at all hazard, then the man will find his calling and election made sure. Then it will be his privilege 
to receive the other comforter, which is the Lord, sorry, which the Lord hath promised the saints, as is recorded in the testimony of St. John, which we just read. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now, what is this other comforter? It is no more or less than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And this is the sum and substance of the whole matter, that when any man obtains this last comforter, he will have the personage of Jesus Christ to attend him or appear unto him from time to time. And even he will manifest the Father unto him, and they will take up their abode with him. And the visions of the heavens will be opened unto him, and the Lord will teach him face to face, and he may have a perfect knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And this is the state and place the ancient saints arrived at when they had such glorious vision. Uh, when they had such glorious vision, Isaiah, Ezekiel, John upon the Isle of Patmos, St. Paul in the third heavens, and all the saints who, be, who held communion with the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Close quote. So the, the scriptures are full of, of testimonies of, of those to whom the Savior has personally appeared. I think of um, just in the Book of Mormon, you have Lehi and Nephi and his brother Jacob um, and Alma and Moroni, just to name a few. Um, one of the reasons that the priesthood exists for mankind in this life is is to prepare us to to see and to be in the presence of, of God. And this refers more to priesthood ordinances than priesthood office, so it applies uh, equally to, to men and women. This is section 84 of the Doctrine and Covenants, starting in verse 19. And this greater priesthood administereth the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, even the key of the knowledge of God. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. And without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. For without this, no man can see the face of God, even the Father, and live. So when, when someone has an experience like this, uh, the Lord considers them redeemed from the fall of Adam and Eve. Um, the fall created a separation from the presence of God for all of us. And we're redeemed from the fall when we are brought back into his presence. And this is what um, the brother of Jared experienced. Um, this is Ether 3, starting in verse 9. And the Lord said unto him, Because of thy faith, if you remember this, this is um, the brother of Jared had brought the 16 stones, uh, you know, to, to have the Lord touch them, to light the barges. And, and the Lord does that, and the brother of Jared sees his finger. And this, that's where we're picking up in the story. Is the Lord said unto him, Because of thy faith, thou hast seen that I shall take upon me flesh and blood. And never has man come before me with such exceeding faith as thou hast. For were it not so, ye could not have seen my finger. Sawest thou more than this? And he answered, Nay, Lord, show thyself unto me. And the Lord said unto him, Believest thou the words which I shall speak? And he answered, Yea, Lord, I know that thou can't, that thou speakest the truth, that thou speakest the truth, for thou art a God of truth and canst not lie. And when he said these words, behold, the Lord showed himself unto him and said, Because thou knowest these things, ye are redeemed from the fall. Therefore, ye are brought back into my presence. Therefore, I show myself unto you. So that was, uh, that was the brother of Jared's experience and, and how the Lord explained that to him. So in the, in the More Sure Word of Prophecy podcast, uh, I said that the Lord sometimes hides his mysteries 
in plain sight. Um, when you're aware of these things, you, you'll start seeing them all over the scriptures. Um, here's a, a few a few examples that are, I think, maybe hidden in plain sight. Uh, this is Doctrine and Covenants section 88, um, 67, and, and 68. And if your eye be single to my glory, your whole bodies shall be filled with light, and there shall be no darkness in you. And that body which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. Therefore, sanctify yourselves, that your minds become single to God, and the days will come that you shall see him, for he will unveil his face unto you. And it shall be in his own time, and in his own way, and according to his own will. And that's kind of the key, is, is uh, that although we seek it and desire it, it will be in his own time, and in his own way, and according to his own will. Uh, we may think we're prepared and, and he knows that, that we're not. And so, uh, we have faith and trust in his timing. Um, another similar, uh, scripture in, in section 93 of the doctrine and covenants verse one, it says, verily thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass that every soul who forsaketh his sins and cometh unto me and calleth on my name and obeyeth my voice and keepeth my commandments shall see my face and know that I am. There's your, there's your formula to live by every soul. This is, is regardless of, uh, of, of gender or anything else, um, who first forsaketh his sins or her sins cometh unto me, calleth on my name and obeyeth my voice. Right. And that's specific to each person. His voice to you through the light of Christ is, is what we're talking about. Um, and keepeth my commandments. And that's associated with hearing his voice. Uh, and then going on, shall see my face and know that I am. Um, so that's, that's kind of our, our formula or pattern for, um, for qualifying to have an experience like this. Uh, some of the, the brethren in the early days of the restoration had some incredible experiences that, um, that are available for us to read, but some, uh, some of us haven't. So, uh, I love this experience. This is um, uh, told by Zebedee Coltrane. Uh, he was a, a member of the church um, early on in Kirtland, um, was part of the School of the Prophets uh, with Joseph Smith, and he shared uh, this sacred experience. Quote, at one of these meetings, talking about the School of the Prophets, at one of these meetings after the organization of the school, the school being organized on the 23rd of January, 1833, when we were all together, Joseph, having given instructions and while engaged in silent prayer, kneeling with our hands uplifted, each one praying in silence, no one whispered above his breath, a personage walked through the room from east to west. And Joseph asked if we saw him. I saw him and supposed the others did. And Joseph answered that this is Jesus, the son of God, our elder brother. Afterward, jo Joseph told us to resume our former position in prayer which we did. Another person came through. He was surrounded as with a flame of fire. The prophet Joseph said, this was the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I saw him. Close quote. All right. I think I shared that in the introduction to this podcast in the first episode, um, as, uh, as it relates to, uh, the name of the, of the podcast on fire, um, that the father, uh, surrounded by a holy and heavenly fire. Um, we read earlier that Joseph Smith mentioned something, um, that I don't think 
most members of the church are familiar with. Um, he referenced the church of the firstborn. And, and most people probably think this is synonymous with the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's not. Um, I think it's important to understand for those who are preparing um, to go to the temple for their higher ordinances that they are essentially investigating another church. Um, and it's a higher church and, and, and you need to be part of part of the earthly church first. But uh, but someone someone who's preparing for baptism uh, is investigating the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and someone preparing for uh, the endowment and sealing ordinances is investigating the Church of the Firstborn. Um, like the first principles and ordinances uh, of the gospel from the fourth article of faith, including baptism and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, are the gate uh, into, into the earthly Church of Jesus Christ. So the higher ordinances of the priesthood performed in the temple are the gate into the church of the firstborn. Uh, and, and just so you understand, Jesus Christ is the firstborn. He was the firstborn spirit son of heavenly father. Uh, he was also the first in the resurrection to overcome death. Uh, so Jesus is, is the first firstborn. Um, on May 4th of 1842, uh, the prophet Joseph Smith met with, uh, with, various church leaders in the upper level of the red brick store in Nauvoo. This is uh, all the temples under construction and I think at least and, uh, but not, not finished. Um, but Joseph couldn't wait to, to begin, um, to begin giving the endowment to, uh, to so, some who are ready. Um, but Joseph wrote this quote, instructing them in the principles and order of the priesthood, attending to washings, anointings, endowments, and the communication of keys pertaining to the Aaronic priesthood, and so on to the highest order of the Melchizedek priesthood, setting forth the order pertaining to the Ancient of Days, that's Adam, and all those plans and principles by which anyone is enabled to secure the fullness of those blessings which have been prepared for the church of the firstborn, and come up and abide in the presence of the Elohim in the eternal worlds. Okay, so the blessings of the temple are prepared for the church of the firstborn. Uh, and we'll try and define that a little bit more. Um, and Brigham Young said, uh, the ordinances of the, house of, the, of the house of God are expressly for the church of the firstborn. So we don't need any, um, any temple ordinances to qualify for the terrestrial kingdom or the celestial kingdom. The blessings associated with temple covenants apply exclusively to the celestial kingdom and specifically to the highest degree of the celestial kingdom. Those who are the church of the firstborn are those who will receive that kingdom. Um, Elder Bruce R. McConkie testified, quote, the temple ordinances open the door to gaining all power and all wisdom and all knowledge. Temple ordinances open up the way to membership in the church of the firstborn, close quote. Um, and then President Joseph Fielding Smith uh, he, he talked about the church of the firstborn a lot. So we're going to uh, read a lot of his words. He said this quote, each person baptized into the church is under obligation to keep the commandments of the Lord. He is under covenant for baptism is a new and everlasting and an everlasting covenant. When he has proved himself by a worthy life, having been faithful in all things required of him, then it is his privilege to receive other covenants and to take upon himself other obligations, which will make of him an heir 
and he will become a member of the church of the firstborn. That's the end of that quote. Okay, so, uh, and then he also taught this on a different occasion. He said, this is President Joseph Fielding Smith again, quote, the higher ordinances in the temple of God pertain to exaltation in the celestial kingdom. In order to receive this blessing, one must keep the full law, must abide the, abide the law by which that kingdom is governed. For he who is not able to abide the law of a celestial kingdom cannot abide a celestial glory. So being ordained an elder or a high priest or an apostle or even the president of the church is not the thing that brings the exaltation, but obedience to the laws and the ordinances and the covenants required of those who desire to become members of the church of the firstborn as these are administered in the house of the Lord. He then stated, to become a member of the church of the firstborn, as I understand it, is to become one of the inner circle. We are all members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by being baptized and confirmed. And there are many who seem to be content to remain such without obtaining the privileges of exaltation. That's the end of that quote. Uh, and I hope, I hope that's not you and me who are content to remain just members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and, and not to, to progress. Um, let me read something else um, by Joseph Fielding Smith. That's uh, closely related. He said this quote, those who gain exaltation in the celestial kingdom are those who are members of the church of the firstborn. In other words, those who keep all the commandments of the Lord. There will be many who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who shall never become members of the Church of the Firstborn. Again, he said, eternal life in the presence of the Father and the Son. Those who receive it become members of the Church of the Firstborn and are heirs as sons and daughters of God. They receive the fullness of blessings. They become like the Father and the Son and are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Close quote. So heirship is is the key to what being a member of the Church of the Firstborn um, will the, those members will receive um, being an heir uh, receiving an inheritance um, and in this case from a king from God um, so being a joint heir with Jesus Christ means that one obtains what Jesus Christ has obtained which is all that the Father hath. Uh, this is from section 76 of the Doctrine and Covenants, starting in verse 53. And who overcome, and this is describing those who, um, as the, the vision of the, of the celestial kingdom and the, and the other kingdoms, but particularly the celestial kingdom here. It says, and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. They are they who are the church of the firstborn. They are they into whose hands the Father has given all things. They are they who are priests and kings who have received of his fullness and of his glory. All right, so hopefully that makes sense to you. Um, and and hopefully you can see how great of blessings the, the Lord has available and has prepared uh, for for all of us who, who will choose it and who will seek it. Um, and I want to invite all who are listening uh, to consider the importance of the covenants and ordinances associated with the temple. Uh, they're crucial and they have tremendous blessings attached to them. If you're too young uh, 
uh, right now to be endowed in the temple. Go to the baptistry as often as you can. I know that's kind of tough right now to uh, make appointments, but but make an effort to do that. Be there. Stand in holy places. And as you prepare to um, to receive, if you, as you prepare for your your own washing and anointing and your endowment, learn all that you can about those ordinances um, from from church sources uh, before uh, before you go to the temple. Um, and be try and be prepared uh, so you aren't confused and so the Spirit can teach you uh, what the Lord calls the mysteries of His kingdom uh, while you're there. Um, if you're an adult and haven't been to the temple to receive these ordinances, please, please get yourself worthy and prepared to do so. Um, there's, there's, no, there's no vice or bad habit or anything else that is worth keeping you from the Lord's house. Get there. Pay your tithing if that's what you need to do. If you aren't paying your tithing, um, then you aren't prepared to, you aren't prepared for the endowment because in the endowment, you'll covenant to obey the law of consecration and the law of tithing falls under that umbrella. Um, you need to be able to incline your, your heart to God and not withhold anything. Um, anyway, if, if you, and those of you who are endowed, um, return to the temple as often as you can go to learn and not just to redeem the dead and not just to feel the spirit, but go to learn and be taught. Um, ask the Lord to, to teach you pray, uh, before you go and pray when you get there, that the Lord will teach you, um, and, and, and teach you whatever it is that you need, need to learn about the ordinances or, uh, other, other mysteries or things that will, will be beneficial to you. Um, the, the ordinances of the temple are considered according to Joseph Smith, the highest order of the Melchizedek priesthood. And they're every bit as much for you sisters as they are for the brethren. You need to understand that, that you sisters are endowed with priesthood power and the blessings of the priesthood. That's what the temple bestows. Um, let me just read uh, one more scripture here. Well, a couple more, but uh, Doctrine and Covenants section 107. Uh, this is verses 18 and 19. The power and authority of the higher or Melchizedek priesthood is to hold the keys of all the spiritual blessings of the church to have the privilege of receiving the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, to have the heavens opened unto them, to commune with the general assembly and church of the firstborn, and to enjoy the communion and presence of God the Father and Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. These enormous and wonderful blessings are available to you Whoever you are, they are available to you. Do the spiritual work to draw closer to the Savior and begin by following um, following and obeying uh, the promptings that you receive through the light of Christ. And you will eventually be led by that voice into the presence of him who has been beckoning you through that medium, whose voice you've been hearing, who is the light of the world. Jesus Christ. And I'll close with this promise from the Lord. This is um, from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven 
and will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. Jesus Christ is the firstborn. He is God's son and the savior of mankind. I know this. I'm seeking his face. I've not, not seen it yet. Um, and when I do, I'll have unspeakable joy and I'll have comfort. Um, but it will only, it'll only confirm what I already know now that he lives. I testify of that in his sacred name, even Jesus Christ. Amen.